Welcome to the Dream Again podcast, where we provide common sense education and empowerment that gives hope to everyone, from the financially distressed to the financially secure. Here are your hosts, Brandon Smith and Stephen Resson. Hey, Brando. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing good. How are you? How was the weekend? It was full, yeah, but yeah. it was warm and got out to the lake, played some golf. Sweet. Can't beat it. Sounds like a blast. How was yours? It was it was good. Um, I am just laughing here before we started recording. Uh, to those listening, Stephen shared a story with us. Um, it's just mind blowing, and it's uh, I find it humorous. It's scary and real. And Stephen, you got to share. You got to share it. It's it's too good. Okay. Well, like, before- I still I don't know if I believe you. It's no, it happened. I I'll show you the scars. <laughs> But uh, before we introduce our guest, I guess I can go into this story a little bit. Uh, summertime, Montana, there's been an influx. This is for real, right? Yeah, this is for real. Okay. There, there's been an influx of a few um, bear encounters in our massive wilderness here. And, you know, everybody's like terrified of those stories. And so I just simply said to Brandon, well, I've been attacked by a bear. And uh, that is the story that he's he's thinking is not real, but it is real. And uh you want me to go? Yeah, you want me to tell? Yeah, go there. You got to share it. Okay, so our guest will hopefully appreciate this as well. We'll introduce him in a second. 2008, just graduated high school. Me and two friends want to go on a backpacking trip, kind of a last hoorah before we go off to college, never see each other again. We've seen each other multiple times, but, you know, we built it up in our head. So we hike in to a lake outside of my hometown, about a three-mile hike. We bring the essentials, hot dogs granola bars that's all we had and an air mattress we're fishing catching a ton of fish and then we realize man fish would be good like protein not hot dogs would be good to eat but we didn't bring anything to cook the fish on so what do we do is there not protein hot dogs (laughs) i mean you be have you seen how those things are made Uh, i don't know not good um but we were also 18 year old boys so we wolfed those down in like five minutes so we start trying to cook the, the fish over a fire, like open spit style, right? You can only imagine what scents were coming out of that, right. that camp. So we, it didn't work. We didn't get any, any fish into our stomachs, and uh, we were not smart at the time. I want to preface that, 18-year-olds. Remember how smart you were at 18 years? And we were even dumber than that because we had a Dillon, Montana education. So <laughs> just remember that. We go to bed. And at about 2 a.m., well, before that, we're looking up at the stars, talking about, you know, all the cool experiences we're going to have in college, all the girls we're going to meet, and we're probably going to be, like, you know, famous people someday. And we drift off to bed. About 2 a.m. in the morning, I feel uh, what what feels like like a rug underneath of my chin rubbing up against me and I just thought my buddies were messing with me so I start hitting them I'm like get off me you know kind of felt like when somebody puts a feather under your your neck and then you have um the uh shaving cream in your hand and hit you I thought they were just messing with me that way but it keeps happening and then I start feeling like more pressure like come down on my back and I'm like what why are they dogpiling me in the middle of the night what's going on here and so I open my eyes and about a foot away from me is a full-grown black bear staring back at me and when I first opened my eyes I was like is that a dog it's not a, that's a huge face for a dog and then my eyes came to and I realized it, it was a bear and so at that moment I'm panicking 
And the bear uh, walks away, goes back to our campfire to where we were cooking the fish. Again, not smart doing that. And it, I try to wake up my buddies. Mike, Jake, wake up, wake up. And they, they're not moving. They're, they're out. And the bear comes back and he takes his claw and goes down my back and just rips open my sleeping bag. And I start feeling the blood rush down my sleeping bag. Bear kind of gets bored, goes off again. I still haven't talked or moved. I'm, I'm basically paralyzed in fear. Bear comes back again, and, and finally I get my buddy Mike awake, and I go, Mike, you got to do something. you got to do something. He's like, hey, I know what we'll do. We'll wake up our friend Jake, smartest guy we know, valedictorian, mountain man. And we wake him up, and he looks directly at the bear, and he's speechless and has nothing for us. And the bear comes back and bites down on my arm. To this day, um, in Dillon, I'm called bear bait. Um, or bear's arm, um, whatever. They, they call me multiple things. But the bear bites down on my arm, and I feel my whole arm go numb. And I said, boys, you got to do something. So we were eating a bag of Doritos. I forgot that part. We mm. brought a bag of Doritos. Well, you said the essentials, so I assumed you had Doritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bag of Doritos. Uh, cool Ranch, nacho cheese. I th- you know, I want to say it was the original. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think we were still original back then. Um, my buddy Mike took the bag of Doritos threw the bag of Doritos at the bear's face. The bear got startled. <laughs> they teach that in like hunter safety. When you encounter a bear, yeah. throw the Doritos at the bear's face. <laughs> and it worked. But yeah. We, we, made a, we made a run for it back to the campfire, and the bear just stood there and stared at us for the next half hour while I was bleeding out. Um, the boys were like, hey, we can make it through the night. And I said, absolutely not. I am getting a little woozy. We need to get out of here. And so we hiked down that trail in the middle of the night, um, back to our truck and the bear, um, followed us all the way down the trail as oh, no. we, as we left. Um, so anyways, as you were out camping, um, know that you should probably take care of your food, um, bring the proper supplies and also, um, don't let your 18 year olds go out unsupervised, yeah. um, into well, the wilderness. Take a couple bags of Doritos, keep those handy because you never know. <laughs> when you'll see a bear. So it's crazy. Yeah, lots of bear attacks. I got some scars. And uh, like I said, to this day, bear bait is bear my bait. name when I go home. That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. So that was awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, bear bait. Um, <laughs> amazing. Um, super excited here. Uh, as you referenced a couple minutes ago, we have a guest, a uh, special guest. I think every guest we have, we call special. We need to find some sort of scoring system to rank them, rate them. Um, but I'd say he's in today. I'd say an eight solid eight solid eight out of, we don't know. Okay. Well, we'll Uh, make him guess. He's an eight. Um, but yeah, he's a numbers guy and, uh, he actually is, uh, works over in our, our sister company. He's a, uh, financial planner. So handles, um, you know, retirement and taking care of people's IRAs and just that nest egg that people, uh, save and invest and due to some compliance issues some legalities uh we are gonna play it safe and protect him and his identity um but super honored to have uh our guest on here uh one of the best of the best when it comes to financial planning um mr guest (laughs) 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 thanks for joining us you could call me eight 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 okay that's good i like it Solid eight. Um, eight, qu- question for you here, just when it comes to financial planning, when it comes to uh, retirement, seems like the whole world has been just 
upside down, just extremely volatile in all aspects of life in the last 18 to 24 months. But when it comes to uh, retirement accounts, financial planning, investing, um, what, do, what are you seeing? What, what has taken place in the last 18 to 24 months? And what does that do to help us uh, properly project uh, what would be coming in the future? Well, I like that question. I wasn't prepped, so I'm going to be winging this a little. But as you're stating it, it reminds me of what I show people when I'm teaching. I'm showing them booklets, a history of the stock market, and that is really nothing is new under the sun. This is just reheated in a different way. We, uh, we look back at the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe call them the good old days. Then you look back at what was actually happening, you go, whoa, those are crazy times. And, and really, we've just been a little spoiled since 2009, uh, since March two, 2009, when we hit the bottom of the financial crisis, and the stock market's just been pretty good, and it's kind of lulled, lulled us into a sleep of forgetting hmm. this is what the stock market does. It's going to be crazy all the time. And, and so nothing is changing as long as people are still living off of their timeline. Timeline is the number one thing that dictates any conversation. That's that's interesting. So you're saying that if we just look back at the at the past, we can kind of project out in the future and say, eh, we're probably going to be okay. It's probably going to even itself out. Is that Exactly. This happens. I tell my clients, out of any given 10 years, just plan on seven good years, three mm-hmm. bad years. You know, you're going to go through decades where it's not necessarily that way. And some decades might be five bad years. But on average, just plan on a few more good years than bad years. Live with it. Roll with it. Because we're looking long term here when we're talking investments. Exactly. And I don't remember who I, I heard somebody once say the difference between saving and investing is saving is short term. If you're looking, you know, now and up to five years out. But anything beyond five years or 10 years is investing. So I like what you said there about, you know. Seven positive, three negative, rough, challenging, um, but averaging out. You know, if we're thinking long term, yeah, um, you know, it's, yeah, and don't no, be it's surprised; great. it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, that's the cycle. I like that, Abe. Well, and and I'm a, <laughs> I uh, I talk to a lot of uh, people in a millennial age. I would say that are are just getting into the investing game, and they have these questions like on a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA. And to be honest with you, sometimes I'm a little confused on that. And would you be able to just like break down maybe what those are and, and the advantages and disadvantages of each? Yeah, the Roth IRA is an amazing tool the IRS has given us, really. When it comes to retirement plans, almost everything funnels into this one column called traditional. So if you've heard traditional IRA or traditional 401k or 403b, or simple IRA, or SEP IRA, or Keel plan, or deferred compensation. <laughs> All these different retirement plans is just a fancy way of saying you get to defer your taxes until later. And the Roth IRA is just 180 degrees opposite. Roth IRA is just stating if you want to put money into an investment, pay the tax now and never pay again on any of the growth. So I always call it deferred gratification versus immediate gratification. That's all Mm -hmm. you have to think of with Roth. You go, oh, this is my deferred gratification investment. I'm just going to pay the tax now when it's a small little bean Mm -hmm. and never have to pay a tax on that huge bean stock someday. I like that. So you're putting money in. So after somebody gets their paycheck, they are manually making a deposit into their Roth IRA. 
right? That, that's what you're saying? Correct. Okay. And then the traditional would be more, hey, you're making that investment pre-tax. and then That's exactly right. Okay. So when I tell people, Roth IRA, you pay the tax now, that could often be confusing for them. They, th- they think, oh, I'm going to get a 1099 at the end of the year for my Roth. I go, no, 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 no. It's just think of it this way. The money you take home after you've paid taxes and you spend on restaurants, right. Starbucks, uh, mortgage, whatever. Well, mortgage is not a good example because that could be tax deducted. But just you're living life. This is money that you're just spending in life into an investment. And then you get the benefit of never taxed again. We love it. Deferred gratification. Thank you for listening today. This is Buff Reynolds, producer of the Dream Again podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's conversation with Stephen, Brandon, and our elusive guest, number eight. Did you know the number eight is generally considered a sign that abundance will be heading your way soon? That said, if you would like more information, or if you're ready to take the next steps in your financial plan, please be sure to visit glidewell.pro forward slash blog. And now, back to the show. That makes a lot of sense. Steven, did you, did you clear that up for you? Yeah, actually, that's really good. Because I, if I'm investing over 30, 40 years, I don't want that to then be taxed at the end. Well, I mean, it, it can. It's an option. But that would be a lot more of a tax than if I just do it up front. Is, you is it you just, look at hypotheticals of of uh, stock-based investment over 30, 40 years, and you could show a $10,000 investment turning into 200000 So here's what I'll ask. Would you rather pay taxes on that $10,000 you invested or taxes on the 200,000 it turned into. And even if people say, well, I might be in a lower tax bracket someday. I go, oh, okay, fine. Would you still rather pay 50% right now on 10,000 or 30% on 200,000 someday? Which one would you rather have? So, I mean, it's just all about deferred gratification. That makes Wonderful tool. So, uh, eight, when he, Stephen says, you know, people that have been investing for 30, 40 years on the, the tax side, let's, let's forget taxes here for a minute. Let's say I'm retiring. I've been investing for 40 years. What piece of advice would you give to, you know, those baby boomers who are just now really stepping into full-time retirement? Any advice you'd give them? Baby boomers, when we talk about retirement, kind of the go zone, the red zone, it's usually meaning under five years ago. If you've got five years or more before retirement, there's exceptions to this, but by and large, we consider you a long-term investor. Still, you could be aggressive if that's what your nature is. We like being aggressive, staying stock-oriented. But as you're getting within the five-year zone, that's when we start to maybe make a plan of if it makes sense to back down a little. When you're young, it should be all stock. And and it's okay if I jump into something here. I don't know if if you're going to ask this. But when it comes to young, new investors, do you know that the bad times in the stock market are your best friends? Mm. Those are your best years. Those years, like in 2000, 2001, 2002, when we went from the dot-com bubble burst to 9-11 terrorist attacks into recession, and we got war looming, and the stock market kept going backwards and backwards. And those smart, young investors that were just putting money away in the Roth, every month that they are buying in, they were, they were buying more shares of stock as it's getting cheaper and cheaper. So almost like acquiring houses when they're cheaper. Yeah. They just get buying and buying and buying. And so as I tell young investors, hey, those, those three bad years, don't look at them as bad. Those are your three awesome years yeah. when they're red. 
all you're trying to do is stockpile ownership in companies yeah. for way down the road when you're now ready to be within that five-year retirement zone. Well, I think you at one point even even said to me, you know, it was a great analogy. Imagine going into Costco and seeing a big banner, big sign that says everything 30% off, 40% off. What would people's shopping oh, yeah. carts look like? They'd yeah, yeah, be packed and full. And that's exactly what was going on right. in the market in those years. That's exactly just, right. That's the time to buy and, and fill that shopping cart. People get that concept when they see that, that huge sale out at the store, right? They're stockpiling, but they, they seem to struggle with that same concept with shares of stock. When, it, when it's scary in the stock market, go shopping and, and put a big smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to go the other way in the pendulum, like give us a piece of advice for the baby boomers, but I'd even say, you know, what's your piece of advice for somebody just curious, just, just wanting to start investing? They've, they've got some income, have some money, have never invested, but that might be the best piece of advice there is in the down times, keep going. But, uh, what else would you, would you say to a first time, you know, somebody's first time just out of college? In, yeah. First, right out of college. Um, it's, it's fun to buy some individual stocks and that's great to participate, do that with some fun money. But when it comes to long-term investing, a uh, little word of caution, I would typically recommend that you look into things called mutual funds, something that gives better diversification and you're not putting that whole risk on, on yourself to know what is a good company to own or not own. So buying individual stocks, very fun. I wouldn't make that how you plan for your long-term retirement money, though. What, mutual funds, break that down for us. Uh, mutual funds is rather than you going out and buying one or two stocks or not knowing what you really should buy, you're pulling your money together. Some of the mutual funds that I work with show people are $200 billion. 300 billion in a single fund. And, and so it's you pulling your money with a whole bunch of other people and hiring managers to go out and buy 75 to 100 stocks for you. You just go on living your life. And these managers are looking every day to say, is this a good day to own Apple? Or should we sell that? Mm. Are we not Are we not happy anymore with what Apple's done the last 10 years? Should we look at Samsung? Or I, I'm making up examples, but the right. point being the mutual fund managers are taking that responsibility off you. And they have knowledge that we'll just never have at our level. Yeah, I like that. So a lot of, a lot of millennials might not think that mutual funds are, are kind of the sexy way to go. And they're really into like crypto. Can you, can you explain maybe some, some analysis on crypto and what you're seeing with that and what your thoughts are on that? Because yeah. that's, that's been a buzzword for a lot of young millennials lately. Crypto, there's a tough one right there. Cryptocurrency, what do I advise there? It is... The number one thing I'll say about crypto is don't put money into it that you aren't willing to lose, <laughs> right? It's a good contrarian way of, of just diversifying further. Um, and, and so I don't have an issue with it. But any, like any sort of contrarian position that you see people do when it comes to uh, protecting against their other more conventional investments like stocks or things like that, when it comes to uh, gold or silver or precious metals or commodities or cryptocurrencies, things like that, we really don't like to see more than 5 to 10% of people's positions going that way. It's kind of like buying an insurance policy. For, would you buy an insurance policy on your home even yeah. if the bank didn't require it? Would you? Yeah. Yeah, I would too, just because the the risk. And, and so when you're buying a contrarian position, it's kind of like buying an insurance policy against your portfolio of if things really go awry, this is probably an area that might sure. potentially thrive. Does that make sense? Sure. And you, you two right there, just listening to that question being answered on crypto, 
heard this reoccurring theme and whether it's insurance or investments, it's don't invest, don't buy something that you don't fully understand. And know. Yeah. I think that's one of the big things with crypto is nobody really fully understands it at a street level. It's just a lot of conversation. Yes. I'm investing in Dogecoin and all these things like, but do you really understand what it is and why? And um, just educate yourself on whatever investment vehicle you want to use. So that, that, that was really great. Um, to our listeners, if, if you want more information, if you want to schedule an appointment, if you want to talk to somebody about some of these investment vehicles, check us out, Glidewell.pro. Always happy to answer your questions. And to our guests, thank you for just joining us and having just really breaking down and making investments simple. Just give us some great uh, education terminology. And um, yeah, it just actually, there's a little bit side of me that wants to go back and just see what the market's doing. And if it's a downtime, buy yeah. more for sure. So let's go shopping. Awesome. Well, it's an honor to be here uh, just to hear that bear story <laughs> in person. <laughs> and uh, hopefully if I'm invited back, I'll be nicknamed nine next <laughs> time. Or maybe even 8.5. Yeah. 8.5 would be a little better. But no, that was really great stuff. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Awesome. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Eight. Bear bait. We'll see you next week. If you have found value in today's podcast, we would love for you to rate the show and leave a review. You can check out more resources that Brandon, Stephen, and the Glidewell team have by visiting www.glidewell.pro slash blog. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss what we have for you next week as we continue to motivate, encourage, and challenge you to dream again.